Do you feel like motherhood is mundane? A lot of mornings you wake up feeling like you lack joy or purpose. Do you also want to invite God into your mom life, your marriage, and your life in general, but you just don't know how? Do you feel tired, like you have no time, and you're always putting yourself last? Hi, I am Jill Warball a Christian mom life coach, and I'll be showing you each episode how to make time for you, your relationship with Jesus, and others. I'll teach you how to grow with God and apply his word to your everyday life. And most importantly, I'll be cheering you on each week, reminding you that you do have purpose and that you are worthy of a great future. You can find satisfaction in motherhood. I'm going to show you that you can live intentionally with less stress, more joy, all while serving God and others. So grab your Bible and get ready to be transformed. This is the Faithful Mama Podcast, a place where we learn to fill up on Jesus so that we can pour into others. Listen in. Hi, Casey. Hi. <laughs> so um, I am excited to have you um, doing an episode today. It's so funny because I just, it, it seems like when I have people come on, whatever it is that they're talking about, it's like this th- the exact thing I need to hear <laughs> at right. the exact right time. Just like when I write things, it just, you know, those things happen to to be exactly what I start needing in that moment. Yep, exactly. It's like what your heart needs. It's like, it's the thing that you're, you're writing about or talking about. Um, so I want you to just tell everybody your name, where you're from, your, you know, all that good stuff and what you do. Uh, my name's Casey Wayne. Uh, my family and I are in the West Georgia, you know, kind of Metro Atlanta area. Um, so I am a writer. I'm kind of starting to get into speaking events and whatnot. Um, so I do podcasts as well, but my, the crux of what I do is I try to help, uh, moms be able to have spiritual growth through their motherhood. Love it. Same here. (laughs) And so why don't you tell them a little bit about, um, the things that you've done? So, um, I've done, I've kind of started out, you know, just social media stuff, um, that eventually grew into God leading me to write a book. So I do have a devotional book that I have written. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the topic of that book is kind of the heart of everything that's expanded from there. Um, so, you know, the, the blogging and the speaking and, um, hopefully get, I'll be working on a Bible study here soon. Um, so all of those are centered around, um, that, that devotional book and that topic that God laid on my heart, which is the fruit of the spirit. I love the fruit of the spirit. So for the listeners that don't know the fruit of the spirit, um, do you want to kind of tell them what they are and why you're passionate about it? So the fruit of the spirit, um, the Bible in general mentions this idea, the analogy of fruit in numerous places, but specifically the fruit of the spirit is mentioned, um, multiple times. And it is, um, the way I like to word it is simply what we are supposed to, um, 
essentially what we should have um, in of our, ourself and our own faith walk and what we should be sharing with others um, when we are being like Christ in the world. Um, so all those things like uh, love, peace, faithfulness, right? All of those things, not only should we have in of ourselves, but we should be, um, if we're going to be like Jesus to the rest of the world, we need to be able to share those with others. Right. And um, kind of how I got started with that, and it kind of talks about it in the beginning of my book, is um, I'm a list lover. (laughs) And so uh, when I was at a really low point in my life and, and I was having trouble releasing, you know, my plans for to, to, to accept God's plans. And I just kept saying, you know, just show me what I'm supposed to be doing, right? Give me a clear list of what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and, and, and that is, I mean, as clear as some, someone being in the room with me, I heard him say fruit of the spirit. That's awesome. Look it up. And so that's kind of where I've got, that was years ago. And that's kind of where I've gone from there. Oh, wow. That's a really, really cool story. And did you know of the fruit of the spirit before that? I did. I grew up in the church, but, you know, I hadn't spent a whole lot of time studying it. You know, to me, it was just kind of one of those, oh, yeah, you've heard it so many times in church. You know, some sometimes when you've grown up in church, you kind of get desensitized, I feel like, to yeah. the, the strength and importance of some of those verses that you hear over and over again. Right. Yeah. So, um when Casey had reached out to me and she told me who she was and about her devotional, I was so excited. Cause I'm like, first of all, I love the fruit of the spirit. And then second of all, um, I think in motherhood, like, man, if, if there's one place that we need the fruit of the spirit, it's in motherhood. <laughs> so, um, so the, the, do you want to name off all of the fruits or all of the, uh, some people, some people I've heard it said that, they're not the fruits of the spirit. It's the fruit of the spirit. It's actually one fruit with nine characteristics. And then I always thought it was different. (laughs) So I'm not exactly sure. Like I haven't gone that deep into it to find out which it is, but maybe, you know, (laughs) yeah, the more I've, I've looked into it, it, the the correct thing is to say fruit of the spirit, um, not fruits of the spirit, because ultimately it's all things that the one spirit is providing right. to us. Um, but it is, <laughs> it does get a little complicated sometimes, especially when I'm writing it kind of, you know, the tense of how I wor- word a sentence. I'm like, that just sounds weird sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so listing out there, there's nine of them. Um, so love, joy, peace, patience. Oh, that's a tough one. Yes. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and last but not least, self control. Yes. So I would say in motherhood where most of us, I think it triggered, triggered is always being gentle, always Mm -hmm. being patient and always having self-control. Um, at least for most moms that I know. So that's what, that's why today we're going to talk about those more heavily. So, um, I know moms that are, you know, in the trenches with their kids and even the the ones that are, you know, dealing with teenagers and, and just at different times in life when seasons get hard Mm -hmm. with our kids, it's like having self-control in those moments, not getting angry, um, not letting our minds wander, 
those are really hard. And that's having self-control when we, you know, our thoughts and our words and our anger. So um, how does anger, our words and our thoughts all relate to the fruit of the spirit? So it really goes back to that, that last one, right? The self-control. Those are all things that we have to learn how to control in Christ. You know, the, the Bible tells us those are all things that we need to be um, cautious of and always, you know, making sure that we're, we're anything we say or do or even think is important um, that we use it, you know, do those things through the filter of our faith. Yeah. Um, so they all fall under that self-control, which, which I do think that, um, I've, I've joked some that, um, you know, I think there's a reason why that one's listed last, Yeah. (laughs) you know, with it being like the list that God gave me, right. To kind of work on my own sanctification and spiritual growth. I'm like, I think he listed that one last because he knew that like, that would be the hardest one. Right. You start checking (laughs) off. I'm not so bad with that. And then you get to the last one. You're like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I definitely need to work on that one. So, you know, I think we all have to admit we could always use more (laughs) self-control. So true. It is so true. Do you think that most moms really struggle with anger? I do. I mean, I I mean, I know motherhood, like you were saying earlier, right? Motherhood is, is definitely one of those uh, things that can bring out um, anger that, you know, that's what, drew my attention to the fact that I had anger that I didn't even realize I had. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, because before kids, you know, I could do my own thing and have complete control over everything I'm doing. Right. (laughs) But when you have kids, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot less control. And that brings, especially for me, that brings out a lot of anger. Um, I think a lot of moms and a lot of people in general don't want to put that, use that word when they're labor labeling it. Um, but I think in order for us to kind of get past that and for me to get past it and work on that and grow in that, um, I had to be willing to acknowledge it for what it actually was. Um, and that's the hard part. And, and God kind of sucker punched me one day when, you know, uh, in reading scripture and, um, in James, it says human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's hard <Yeah>. to hear. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Repeat that again. I want them to hear that. It's James one twenty that says human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Because that's what he wants for us, right? He wants us to pursue righteousness. That's, that's the whole um, idea of, you know, he wants us to seek spiritual growth and to become closer to him. And so, um, like it or not, it's, that's something that draws us away from him and not towards him. Yeah. So I, here's a question for you. Um, they talk about righteous anger, right? And like they said that when Jesus went into the temple, he had righteous anger because it was God's house mm-hmm. and they were using it for their own selfish gain. They turned it into a market in the Bible. And that's when Jesus flipped the tables. So that anger was righteous because he Mm -hmm. was defending God. But I think some people use righteous anger as an excuse Mm -hmm. for their anger. So, um, do you have any, um, I guess 
any input on righteous anger in motherhood as opposed to, um, you know, just plain anger that's not actually leading us to righteousness. Right. That's a great question. Um, kind of my go-to with anything across the board is I always, I always say, you know, um, does it bring God glory ultimately? You know, sometimes, sometimes we are supposed to like Jesus in the moment, right? He was, he was standing up for God's truth, right? And there's a time and a place to be firm in that and, um, and make that fully known. Um, but ultimately if we're doing it in our own pride, in our own purposes, then that's not for God's glory. That is such a simple definition for it. So good. So good. If ask yourself, is it bringing God glory? That will convict, that will convict you. That will convict the person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of like just in general with a lot of things with my kids, uh, you know, I ask the question, like, does it really matter? Does it really matter if, you know, my daughter goes into church with her boots on the wrong feet? Does it matter if she wears rain boots to church? Oh, yeah, I've given up on that. My sister and I were just talking about that yesterday. I'm like, some days my four-year-old wants, does not want to get dressed and he wants to go out in his Batman pajamas. And I'm like, okay, as long as you have a coat and shoes on. Right? Right? <laughs> I used to be like such a stickler, like, no, you need to match, you know, like, it's not even worth it anymore. It's not right? worth it because is that really what matters at the end of the day? And it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's showing them grace, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd rather do that than be angry and, you know, not and, and show them Jesus than not show them Jesus and make them match. <laughs> yes. Through motherhood, I've learned a lot. Um, you know, obviously having kids, you know, you all of a sudden it's like a mirror and you can like <laughs> see yourself yes. and your kids, right? Yes. And you have to learn how to give so much grace and mercy um, for things that you know, it, it's just, it's beyond anybody's control, you know, whether it be your kids or, you know, if my kids are frustrating me, not like taking it out on my husband, <laughs> yeah. know, like all of those things, yeah. um, just giving grace and mercy to everybody involved. Yeah. Um, because ultimately if what I'm doing and what I'm saying is not bringing God's glo- God glory, then I shouldn't be doing it or saying it. Yeah. And, and the thing about, um, the Holy Spirit is what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit sanctifies us and sanctifies basically he he prunes us he prunes off the bad stuff and motherhood is I 100% believe is why God made motherhood because in motherhood I mean we are 100% constantly being sanctified mm-hmm. to be more of those things in the fruit of the spirit. That's the place for me that, and, and in marriage, motherhood and marriage, I would say. So like sancti- the sanctification process, that pruning process, all of those things that are being cut off of us that are, you know, not like Christ are leading us to becoming, you know, those things in the fruit of the spirit. So that's why the fruit of the spirit is so important because we realize wow, God really is working on me. The Holy Spirit is really working on me. I am being more patient. I am being more gentle. I am be- having more self-control. I see that in my own motherhood, like how it's changed from early on. 
And then when I would acknowledge, oh, I don't want to be this angry mom, you know, mm-hmm. and the Holy Spirit would convict that in me because, you know, once, once you're God's, like, he doesn't let you get by continuing to be angry mm-hmm. <laughs> or continuing not to have self-control. Like, he will continue to work on you because it will, it will cause such an unsettledness in your spirit that it changes you. Right. So, I call it, I call it grace filled conviction because it, it, it will, it will hit you hard, but, um, you, you know, um, that it's, it's with love, right. Yes. That he's, that he's pruning you and he's doing those things. Yeah. Um, not only for your sake, but for the sake of your, your kids. Yes. So good. I love that grace filled conviction. It's so true. It's like, it's, it's gentle, but it's a shot a shot to the gut, you know? (laughs) So words, words are another one. Like sometimes I'll say something to my kids and after it comes out, I'm like, ouch, like that sounded so nasty or, Mm -hmm. you know, or even like in marriage, the same kind of thing when words come out and words are, words are important. So how does God want us to use our words is my next question for you. So one of the things that God's revealed to me in, in recent years is the idea that um, not only should I be more careful with my words, but that um, because I am such a talker, you know, I'll, just, I'll, I'll awkwardly fill the space of no yes, talking, right? I that too. Um, so he's, he's really convicted me in recent years that um, sometimes the best move is to not speak at all. Yeah. And so that's been hard to navigate, but it's especially within my marriage, um, with my kids, that sometimes the best thing I can do is just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, my husband and I talk a lot about with, with the kids, especially just situations that there's a lot of tension or we're all just frustrated and kind of feeding the fire, right? And how I would feed the fire a lot with my words um, and stopping, stopping all that, stopping my words and realigning on Jesus before I make any next moves helps de-escalate the situation instead of escalating it further. You know, kids, yeah. we, that's a lot of times with anything that we do with our kids, right? When they're throwing tantrums and, and getting emotional and, and, um, you know, everybody's, at each other's throats, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you want to teach them coping skills to, to for how to de- deescalate and, and more and more I've been convicted on, you know, that starts with me. Yeah. You know, not only do I have to do it because my mood and how I'm reacting to a situation of, you know, just, I affect the mood in my house. Yeah. And then also as a model for my kids to learn how to regulate their emotions and, and what source they should be ultimately go- going to, to help them with that. Yeah. I recently listened to a podcast where she said the same thing. I think it was, I think it was raising boys and girls or something like that. Um, It's another Christian podcast. And she was saying that women do use their words. That's why women love Mm -hmm. to get together with other women because we, we use our words and it's great in that, in that kind of um, setting when we're kind of sharing our hearts and things like that. But then when we get into motherhood, us mothers tend to over explain to our kids. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is that they stop listening 
and over explaining can lead to putting fire on the situation. And it also sometimes leads them to feeling shameful about themselves. And or just overstimulated, right? Like right. I know enough as an adult, I know when I'm overstimulated by my kids talking at me. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And so I obviously it makes sense that me as an adult standing over them talking, you know, like you were saying, like over explaining something um, is overstimulating for them. And they react the same way I do as an adult, <laughs> you know, right. it just makes sense and giving them grace and, and understanding that dynamic that, you right. know, it just makes sense. We can't, we can't hold our kids to, uh, to the a higher standard than we ourselves struggle with. Right. Like I, I used to be like, why, why would you do, you know, and like to my four-year-old, why would you do that? They don't know why they did that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, why would you do that? Do you know that if you go and do that, you can get hurt and this could happen to you and this could, and it's like, no, as a mom, you have to be careful with your words, be discerning, be wise and say, listen, we can't do that. This could hurt you. Bottom line. That's the end. That's all you need to say. And that they process that. You don't have to get into the whys, the hows, the what's, the whens, all of that. And it's, it's, that was really eye opening for me too. Um, and that it, developmentally, they require that repetition as well. Exactly. Like understanding the science behind that. I mean, even even having been a, a teacher, I'm a stay-at-home mom now, but having been a teacher, you know, like I know that. And yet I still let the situation get the best of me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But once again, go we go back to the, you know, give them the, the kids grace, give myself grace, give my husband grace when he comes down the stairs after working upstairs all day. Right. Like just grace grace all around. Right. <laughs> And, and the secret is the secret that I found is that my, my husband actually isn't that much different than my kids. And so it is, it goes so much better when in an argument, like, I'm not like this hurt and this is why, and this is how I wish you would have acted, you know, next time and blah, 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 blah. Instead of just do instead, the best thing to do is say that really hurt (laughs) and leave them with that. Mm And it's mm-hmm. much more powerful in both situations. But for some reason, we think we need to tell the whole story and get all this, you know. But the, the truth is, is that being discerning with our words is such a fruit of the spirit. And it's all comes down to, like you said, that self-control. And, and, the, and the other part of that, like you were saying, you know, you know obviously you, you want to, whether it be speaking to your husband or to your kids, you want to have clear communication with them. So like, I even tell my kids when I'm frustrated, right? Like I'll tell my kids like, mommy's really frustrated. Like I need to listen to some Jesus music right now. Like give me a minute, right? right. Um, but the other half of half of controlling our words and, and not speaking unless, you know, we feel like we really need to. The other half of that is um, speaking less opens up the door for more listening. Right. Yes. Um, and that's so true. That is really true. So, um, and it's funny because we even see that, I think, in our relationship with the Lord. Like, sometimes we're like, why don't I, I mean, in some cases, like, mm-hmm. like I, I'm telling God this whole thing. Like, sometimes I think even God, I, I believe God can sometimes seem silent because he's given us the clear answer and it was short mm-hmm. and sweet. And then... And then we're like, why don't I hear him? And it's like, 
well, maybe he gave us a short, sweet answer. And now he just wants us to listen and keep listening and keep, you know, take the next step. But like, I just see in a relationship with God, how it's so similar that listening for him, um, he's not always going to be constantly speaking to us because he's wise and discerning and he, um, just like in any relationship, we have to do some figuring out, deregulating our emotions and all of those things that we want our kids to do on their own once we've spoken to them. So I always try to picture motherhood, like he, God is my parent and I am my child's parent. And how does this mimic that situation right. like God with me? And I can Absolutely. see it. Yeah. So um, the next thing is... We kind of talked, we talked about anger and we talked about our words. The next thing is, and this has been such a, a repetition subject in my life recently. Um, and it's about our thoughts. And apparently God must be working on me in this season with thoughts, because like I said, it's been a lot of repetition and it's like at church, we're doing the soundtrack, the soundtrack of our mind. And then, you know, I'm talking to you about this and I've had friends talk about this. Me and my husband have been talking about this. So it's so true that our thoughts matter. And some people think like, well, they're just thoughts. Like they go in and out and they don't really matter that much. But the truth is, is that they do. Do you want to tell these moms why their thoughts matter so much? Right. I mean, especially as a woman, right? We we are in our thoughts all the time. I can't make them stop. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's a there's a comedian and I can't even remember his name, but years ago my husband and I watched it through like a newlywed program that we were a part of. And you know, the guy talks about how the men have a nothing box that they can go into and women don't have it. No. <laughs> right. I like know. Men really sit and think about nothing and what men don't understand is women that women don't have that that's not possible for us right so for women especially we have to figure out how to regulate our thoughts it's huge it's huge I say I say that it's the front line of our spiritual battlefield right because if that's not right because everything flows from that right if I'm if I'm overthinking if I'm stressed if um you know, a lot of things are going on and I feel like I'm losing control um, and I'm, I'm overthinking all of those things, then my attitude and the fruit that I'm bearing in my life yeah. <laughs> will, will reflect that. Yeah. And, and I think one of the main things that we have to acknowledge is it's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. Right. But the reality of it is Satan does exist. He is real and he will try to use our thoughts against us. Yeah. Because if he can get us there, then everything else that flows from that is affected, which is why I call it the, the front line of the spiritual battlefield for us. Um, so it's so important that we are intentional about keeping Christ in the center of our minds. Yeah. Because if we're not, then what's going to fill, start filling the void is Satan's going to start filling the void with those lies that are going to just stack on top of each other until we just crash and burn. Yeah. Um, so there, you know, it affects our mood, our actions, 
And because of that, our family feels the weight of that, right? As we kind of set the tone in our household. Yeah. And then it becomes just so difficult to just get through the day, right? There's some days that I'm like, it's nine o'clock and I'm like, it feels like it should be two in the afternoon and it should be nap time already. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, true. This just is not going right. I don't know what the problem is, but it's just not going right. I must not be a good mom, right? All those, all those things start falling apart and Satan starts feeding me those lies. And the only way to combat that is, you know, prayer and recentering, you know, in God's word and doing all those things and being intentional about it. Um ahead of time, right? Kind of the spiritual habits. It's, it's so simple and yet would is so impactful um, day to day if we are consistent in those spiritual habits of just staying connected. And it doesn't, I, I think one of the big conceptions to this is that, you know, we have to have this huge quiet time and the quiet time has to be in the morning and we have to have a cup of coffee. Otherwise it's just not effective. Right. But that's yeah. not true. That's one of those lies that Satan will feed us. The reality is my mornings are chaos. Yeah. And the best time I have found to do my quiet time is during nap time when the kids are napping. Because trying to get up and include that and it it's, it quickly became just like a something to check off the list, right? I couldn't get my mind to relax enough during the mornings. Yeah. And so instead of staying in that box, that expected box, um, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, well, what, why do you have to do it then? Why does it matter? As long as you are finding time daily to be in God's word. We also listen to a lot of Jesus music. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like in the car, we we you know have tickets, parties to Jesus music, whatever it takes. You know, it it doesn't take an elaborate prayer. You know, standing over a sink and just saying, you know, Jesus, I need you. Yeah, <laughs> right. You're cooking dinner. You got a kid clinging to your calf. The other ones, you know, screaming from the bathroom. Jesus, help me. Yeah, <laughs> and just, just I, I've heard just saying his name. That's right? the power. That's the power of his name. Just say. Jesus, 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 mm-hmm. Jesus. I've done that so many times in hard moments, just repeating his name and it brings me peace. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I do have to say that like, I am a big, um, I'm a big champion of getting up before my kids and taking that time with the Lord. I just love it. Like, I love it. I cherish that time, but I agree that like, don't believe that lie that if that doesn't happen that your day is ruined that everything's gone down the drain and that you are not ready for the battle ahead because that is satan 100 percent. and it's just like exercise right like uh, yes most people do it in the morning but ultimately if the if the choice is you either do it in the morning or you like like you either do it at a different time of the day or you don't do it at all God would rather you still show up at 2 p.m. Exactly. Than not at all. 100%. That is so true. Yeah. So, and my husband always jokes around with me and says, like, sometimes it's been a serious conversation where he's like, babe, just because you didn't get your quiet time in the morning, like, if you can't be 
you know, loving and patient and gentle and self-control, like you have the Holy Spirit in you. You are equipped to still be a good mom, a good wife, and still loving mm-hmm. and all those things just because you didn't get your quiet time done. Because at one t- time, if I missed that morning time, I thought that like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I can do this day without that. And that my, my husband pointed out to me, like, that is a lie from Satan. You are already equipped. You have the Holy Spirit in you to be able to do this day. You already have them in you. You didn't get when you got up this morning and sat down and did your quiet time. It's not like he, that's the only time he puts the Holy Spirit in you, you know? Mm-hmm. So. And in the power of Christ, you know, all it takes, like you said, sometimes the prayer is only Jesus. Yep. And that, you know, all, all you have to do is pause long enough to acknowledge him as, as the center and the source. And that's all it takes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so they, I think, I don't know if it's a book or if it's what it is, but I, oh, I just remember it. It's like change your thoughts and change your thoughts, change your life. I think, I, I don't know if it's a book. I don't know if it's a Christian book. I don't know. I don't know. I Sounds just, familiar, but I'm but, not sure. <laughs> yeah. But the saying change your thoughts, change your life. Like that is such a true statement because I know 100% in my own life, how changing my perspective, changing my thoughts, like all of that, like you said, it's like one leads into the other. If you're thinking a certain thing, then it's going to come out of your mouth and then it comes out of your mouth and then it becomes your life. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so much scripture to back that up. Like whatever a man thinks, so a man thinketh, um, or, or like, Oh my gosh. What is the verse? Something about like, um, it's a proverb. I can't believe it's like left me. I always say, I can't, I can't put, put a a finger on it either. I'm going to look it up. (laughs) The one I, the one I, um, I always uh, think of is, um, in Matthew, there's one that he talks about, um, loving the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? Mind is included in there for a reason. Yeah. Right? And, and he says that is the greatest commandment that we first and foremost, you know, have our heart, soul, and mind centered on God. Yes. Um, I found it. It's the, it's Proverbs 23 verse seven, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever a man thinks, so he becomes like, that mm-hmm. is so true. Like even even that saying that's i think a very like worldly saying like my my dad used to always say whatever you put in is what you get out yeah it's right. so true so exactly what you're taking in that's what you put out like just like a just like when you upload a computer with information or apps or whatever like that's what you're going to get out of it so so are we So it's so important that, you know, we're feeding our minds with good things. That's why the Philippians verse, um, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is um, good, like all of those excellent, like think about such things. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite verses. Like the Lord tells us what to think about. (laughs) Whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is kind, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think think about such things. Those are the things we're supposed to think about when our minds aren't focused on things that are praiseworthy, excellent, good, pure. We better change our 
the soundtrack that's that's going on in our minds. Um, and I think we have to be, you know, I, I, I'm big on intentionality, right? So we have to be prepared for when, not if, but when Satan tries to draw, draw us in mentally, right? So we have to be prepared with intentional things, kind of like you put an alarm of God, right? Being prepared for that battle. Um, so, you know, the, the list that I usually tell people is habit, having Bible verses visible yeah. and or my Bible accessible at all times. Um, the, the Jesus music is another one. Um, and, and just being, being prepared with um, a way to pause and pray you know sometimes I'll step outside if I need to you know my kids are a little older now I wouldn't advise that you know for itty bitty kids but right <laughs> you know well as my kids have gotten older you know just stepping outside for a moment trying to yeah. become a little less overstimulated pausing and praying um and just making that a habit to yeah. to choose in that moment to do something to actively pursue God yeah. instead of letting, letting Satan draw me back down. Yeah. That is, those are really good worship music, prayer, just saying his name, all those things. And I also like um, how the Lord reminds us in scripture to take every thought captive and make it. Obedient yes. Yes. That was the one I was trying to think of a few minutes ago. I was, I was looking in the front of my Bible. I was like, I, I had a post-it at one point. <laughs> that was the one I was trying to find earlier. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and the, I, one of the things that they were talking about at church is like, we don't want to, it's like when a negative thought comes in, that's going to happen. It, it's not like, don't like guilt yourself or shame yourself yes. or be like, Oh my gosh, I'm having this negative thought, like reject. No, it's like, okay, I had this negative thought. Tell it like you don't live here and then change your thought to something new. Like your thoughts that you have, they just, right. you just need to tell them like, you don't, yeah, I had this thought, but you don't have permission to live here. You know, that's what, right. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's acknowledging, right. That we have a sinful nature. Like it's not, it's not, it's not, a bad thing to acknowledge our weaknesses, right? We tell our kids all the time, right? It's so easy to, to tell our kids, oh, it's okay. You're not going to be perfect and everything, but why do we expect ourselves to be perfect, right? Right. Why do we expect that of ourselves? Right. When, when we're looking at somebody else, it's so easy to acknowledge that nobody's perfect right. and you, you can become much more um, productive and, and better able to grow when you, you see your weaknesses and you go, okay, God, I see them. Um, but I'm going to let you work in them. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's so true. That's another way to think of our, think of our motherhood or just think about our, our, ourselves in general. Like what, what do I tell my kids about this? How am I? Cause so many times I'll, I'll think, geez, I tell my kids this. And yet here I am doing this right. or doing that. Right. And that, that's sanctifying in and of itself. <laughs> yes. I say all the time, I have to, I have to release my motherhood to God, right? Yes. As much as, as much as I, I love to try to control things and plan everything out and, and expect it all to go perfectly. The reality is, um, as much as I say, they're my kids, 
they're not really my kids. They're his kids. Right. And, and we are called to steward them well. Yes. Amen. I love that. Well, I absolutely love this conversation today. I always like to ask like right before, um, like we close out, like, is there one thing that you want these ladies to remember? Um, if they, if they forget everything else, what would the one thing you would really want them to remember be? Okay. So the phrase I, I love to say is motherhood's hard and that's okay. Jesus is enough. Oh, I love it. So good. Yes. That's why you can just say his name in the, in the middle of a hard yes. moment. Right. Yep. <laughs> so good. All right. So let everyone know where they can find your devotional on the fruit of the spirit. Okay. So my devotional is called Abundant Fruit, Cultiva- Cultivating Fruit of the Spirit Through Spiritual Growth. It's a 28-day devotional for moms, and it is um, on Amazon. Um, so they can go to Amazon and search for that. Or if um, you're a visual person like me and it's easier, uh, you can also connect with me through my website, which is caseywayne.org. And there's a link through the website along with my blog and um, and all my social media and everything else is there as well. Awesome. And I'll also link in the show notes your um, your your um web address, as well as the link to your devotional on Amazon. So if you want to find her, that'll be in the show notes today. Um, and I just would love to have you close us out in prayer, um, just on this matter of, of the fruit of the spirit and motherhood. Absolutely. Heavenly father, thank you so much for this time together and, um, for you, being in this moment with us. I pray that our words give you glory and honor. And I just pray over each mom walk um, of every woman that hears these words through this podcast. I pray for each child represented represented through those motherhoods. And I just pray that you continue to lead and guide us through the journey that is motherhood, helping us grow and be the light in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Faithful Mama podcast, a place where we fill up on Jesus so we can pour into others. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to head over to the ratings and review section and If this is something that you know will touch another mama's heart, please share it with her. And as always, stay faithful.